Welcome to the Dirt Bike Burrito Podcast. My name is Jeremy and this is the Burrito Bite Series. We're going to have small episodes for you, the burrito crew. Now we know that traveling is a bit hard and we're not doing as many long distance drives, some of us. So these episodes are a nice 15-20 minutes with industry experts, organizers, riders, and I guess just a whole range of people that are interesting. Plus, Alex and I sit down and have a quick chat amongst each other. In this episode, we're chatting to Stell from On Point Moto and Suspension about all things bike-related, either coming out of lockdown or just basic maintenance stuff. This is a great quick chat. We will be going down to Melbourne at some time when Melbourne is, you know, in a no-go zone, the, the dirty south. We can go down there and we'll sit down in his workshop and chat. We've got a whole bunch of projects lined up for him in the future, so it'll be really cool to sit down and get a whole story. This is just about bike maintenance, coming out of lockdown, or just regular stuff, things people need to do during summer that get overlooked. It's, it's a good little interesting chat. You may have heard it before, but once again, this is just a little burrito bite, a little snippet, a little tasty morsel of what's going on out there in the motorcycle world. So enjoy this episode. Keep riding and stay safe. Cheers. Right, here we are with Stell from On Point Moto and Suspension. G'day, mate. How are you? Good, mate. Yourself? Oh, living the dream, buddy. Obviously not as good as you guys down there in Melbourne. We are doing very well, very well buddy. <laughs> yeah, we're just um, cruising cruising on our sixth lockdown, I think it is. So Yeah, only uh, only yeah. two more lockdowns till Christmas, mate. Don't you worry yeah. about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, but um, we should uh, we should probably give the, the listeners a bit of a backstory with, uh, with on-point motor suspension. Uh, like, on how did it come about and what can you provide to the punter? Um, oh, just pretty much, like, from an early age, just sort of, like, loved anything that had a motor, anything that had two or four wheels sort of thing, because Dad was, like, obviously a bit of a redhead, redhead when he was a bit younger and had a few bikes himself, but, like, never never raced or did anything too full on. But, um, yeah, so that sort of sparked my interest from an early age, and then, yeah, just growing up, having a few mates at road bikes and sort of went away camping with them on school holidays. And, yeah, obviously started falling in love in love with the dirt bike side of things and, yeah, and then ended up convincing my parents to allow me to buy a bike and <laughs> get into it that way. So, but, yeah, from then on, I was sort of, I knew that's... Where you wanted to go. Yeah, yeah, just loved working on bikes, loved riding them. Yeah, just absolutely fascinated by them when I was younger. Yeah, because so. you've done, you've built a, a fair few bikes now, and you and you look after bikes for for some of the top races in Australia for kind of the Hatar and the Fink scene, and even just the motocross stuff. So you've really you've really quite diverse with your motorbike kind of tuning and 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 kind of workshop abilities. Yeah, man, and that's um, yeah, like for myself, like with my own personal racing and and stuff like that, I knew that I was never going to be good enough to get to a level um, where, you know, I could compete at that sort of top level nationally. Yeah. Um, so I thought, oh, what way can I live my dreams through it better than obviously becoming a mechanic and, you know, giving these guys the equipment to go racing and try and do well. Oh, absolutely. They live vicariously yeah. through your riders. That's the best way yeah, to do it. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is good because then it becomes like a, it's a big team effort when, 
and we get the result and, you know, everyone walks away happy. Yeah, well, I mean, you talk to all the top riders. They, they credit their mechanics and, you know, we've spoken to like Michael Carusi and things like that and mechanics yeah. like yourselves are up there with obviously contributing to the riders' success. I mean, the, they riders obviously sit on these bikes for so long, but you need to have it set up to exactly what they say. You know, they probably speak in a weird jargon that only you can understand and it's, uh, it's probably a, a beautiful relationship we have between you and the rider. Yeah, exactly, mate. And it's um, yeah, it's always been that's something that I've always worked on myself is like to really sort of make it personal yeah. with the riders and like just develop a really really good relationship with the guys. So when we go out testing and try and develop a product, like the riders have full faith in what you do, and you know, basically, you got their their lives in your hands and. Yeah, if they trust you and believe in what you can um, produce, it only makes the relationship better. No, absolutely. And I, I mean, you've also set up some some adventure bikes. You set it up for Benji when he did his uh, big crossing on the big WR. You looked after him and his bike. So, I mean, that was that was a big big undertaking, especially for Benji's absolutely Gumby style of riding. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> we love you, Benji, but geez, Louise, like, come on. <laughs> yeah, that was. Um, it's actually funny you mentioned that because I'm just um, reading his book again. And I'm like reading through it and just going like, how the hell did this bloke survive <laughs> doing what he did? And, you know, like just thinking about the consequences if like say something had happened to the bike. But yeah. lucky for Benji, he's a determined bugger and the bike survived just. No, well, lucky and, Benji um, had you in the corner, mate. That's what we're going to say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, that was that was cool. That was a good experience. It was, yeah, it was pretty stressful. But, um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was hats off to him. He obviously got the Guinness Book record and, yeah, came came back in sort of one piece. So that was yeah. amazing. <laughs> and then you obviously you've looked after the rest of his bikes too, which is, I mean, it, 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 it's a trust from him because he's like, you know, I'm a I'm a shit rider, but luckily I have Stella in my corner. Otherwise, I'd never get through. <laughs> yeah, uh, he's, he's an awesome dude, man, and he's yeah. just like so positive and doing good things. And it's it's actually a bit of a shame because yeah, he's obviously had a lot of big plans after his big adventure to, you know, take on other expeditions and and whatnot. But obviously the whole COVID (laughs) slowed that down a bit. But it'd be good to see him get back out to the desert and do what he just loves doing. No, absolutely. And I guess that's how then I got involved with you because you, you, for some weird reason, took on my bike. I don't know why you took that on, mate. But you took on on my big Husky and uh, and gave that like a, a full birthday mate like it was uh, yeah we yeah. really were hoping to be able to show it off and showcase it once again covid stopped us so we'll yeah. hopefully get into it uh in in the near future but mate you uh you, you took on that big girl and and gave it a oh mate you totally changed the bike yeah yeah for sure we um yeah definitely definitely uh went from just doing the suspension to Given the thing a full birthday, so yeah. she's uh, it's ready to take on the desert. That's for sure. Well, she had a rough life. It was Jake Smith's old bike, and he wasn't the he wasn't <laughs> the most gentle with her. Yeah. <laughs> he uh, he used it for a practice bike, then his Fink bike, and then uh, some Razor bike, and then again a practice bike. So it had a rough life. Let's just get it. Yeah, uh, yeah. I guess, but that's that's where we that's why we're here. We want to talk to you. Riders are coming out of lockdown all over the. Well, East Coast. Actually, no, New South Wales and Victoria. Everyone else has got yeah. fucking riding and having a great time. So 
What do you see, and what are probably your most common questions in regards to people getting back on their bike after sitting for so long? You know, bikes have been sitting in the shed. One of our hosts yeah. has been in shed for about 14 weeks, I think he said. You know, yeah. suspension-wise <laughs> and carby-wise and fuel-wise, what, what do people need to look at before they go wrong? Well, like, yeah, definitely the biggest number one killer of the bikes when they're sitting around for a long period of time is definitely, obviously, stale fuel. Yeah. Um can cause havoc on fuel injection systems, carbies, any of that stuff. So it would definitely be a good idea to, um, one, if your bike is still going to sit for a period of time, is probably put some like fuel stabilizer in the fuel or fully drain it, put some fresh stuff in. Yeah. Um, depending on how long the bikes have been sitting around for, like probably have to look at either getting your injectors clean or your fuel system flushed out, um, carbies clean, all that kind of stuff. Yep. It's sort of like just will determine whether once you do drain the fuel, put fresh stuff on in if it's running good, if there's no running issues, maybe, yeah, just putting some um, some additives in the fuel tank and just going from there. Right, okay, that makes sense. I guess it just yeah, yeah. so stale. Plus, a lot of them have yeah. been sitting around in winter too. So, that's, you know, never, Absolutely. Good, never a good thing yeah. for, for fuel to be sitting in that cold condition. So, it makes sense just to drain it out. Exactly, yeah. And, yeah, fuel, like, especially the older bikes that had, had the carburetors, they caused massive havoc internally um, as the fuel can, like, solidify. And, um, yeah, it can definitely cause pretty pretty expensive repairs yeah. sort of like with <laughs> big carby cleans and whatnot so yeah okay and then what about yeah. suspension wise is it wise if your bike's been sitting for like a certain amount of time to go get your fork seals done and, and flush your fluids that kind of stuff yeah yeah it's something that we see a lot is guys will call up and be like um oh my fork seals are leaking we only I only did them like three rides ago, and then obviously we'll look at the repair date. <laughs> it was, you know, over 12 months ago, so the bikes have obviously been sitting around a long time and um, seals tend to dry up or and once the fork leak, as soon as the fork leak compresses, it can, can damage the seal yeah, and right. cause the fork seal to leak. Um, so what we usually suggest with people like if the bikes have been sitting around for a long time or they're going to be sitting around for a long time is keep the bike up on a race stand. Yep. First reason being is it's keeping unnecessary tension off your springs and, and your suspension. Mm-hmm. Um, another reason is keeping the fork sill up right up to the top of the stroke. So that way, before you do go and ride the bike, you can pop down your dust seal off your fork tube. Like, just pop it down, slide it down, grab yourself some um, rubber grease, put some of the rubber grease up underneath the dust seal, push it back up. So that way, when the fork does compress, the seal's got enough lubrication around the um, external side of it that it won't run the risk of um, tearing or something like that. That's a good idea, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's just something that we usually suggest to people. Or if you're sort of not confident to do that, you can just get some silicon spray, just spray uh, fork tubes. Yeah, right. Silicon silicon spray, obviously keep it away from your brakes. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good idea, yep. Yeah, that's just like little things that you can do. Sometimes it may help, sometimes it may not. Um, 
but obviously prevention is the best way to go about it. So, What about like things like cooling system and oil and things like that? Like if a bike's been sitting around for, say, 10 weeks, like most of our bikes have been sitting around for about 10 weeks, do we do, we oil, do flush oils and coolants? Or should we Definitely the biggest thing with, with time over like use is, is your brake fluids. Um, most brake fluids in dirt bikes are dot four. So dot four being a hydroscopic, hydroscopic fluid. Hydroscopic basically means that the fluid absorbs moisture. And then once the fluid absorbs moisture, it lowers the boiling point of the, um, brake fluid. Right. Okay. So basically you can just boil your brakes a lot earlier, um, under heavy use. So, and that's something that with brake fluid, like they do, if you actually read like an owner's manual, like some, some manufacturers will say, replace your brake fluid like every three to six months, not yeah. necessarily on hours, if that kind of makes sense. Yeah, right. um, so that's definitely a big one. Um, engine oil, you, you can definitely do it after like, say, you know, your 10 weeks. It's, it's not going to hurt. Um, yeah. But yeah, at the same time, it's not, we're just sitting around. It's not really going to no. go off like it will. You know, like like how the brake fluid will fuel and stuff yeah. like that. So, if it was going to be like you know six months to twelve months and send it, as you can build up um, condensation in the motor and stuff like that. So, something you want to flush out. Um, so yeah. So just, just it's basic, actually not going to hurt. No, just basically maintenance stuff. As I said, your brakes and your your fuel. Obviously, your fuel's the main one because yeah, it does. It, it just yeah. doesn't like being sitting around for so long. And correct, it's yeah. uh, it's definitely a, a point that can uh, be done. Even in cars, you know, like cars can be sitting around too as well and get stale fuel. It's, it's quite exactly thing, yeah. So. And that's it's it's actually a good idea. Like if your bikes are sitting around for a long period of time, is just give them like start them up and give them a run. Yeah. Like every every couple of weeks or something like that, um, just go through like a heat cycle, um, and then that way, like you, the fuel's not going to be stagnant in the fuel system. Yeah, right. And you know, all your internal seals and bearings are going to get lubricated as the motor runs. So, right, it's just all this common yeah. stuff, I guess. And it is quite funny because there've been there be so many bikes out there that have been sitting around doing nothing for so long. That Absolutely, I, I yeah. Think it's uh, it's going to yeah. be one of those things where people get. Plus, it's getting warmer too, so people are going to go out riding, yeah. and there's just going to be a lot of uh, bike failures because they haven't been looked after, or there's probably not, yeah. they get yeah. excited because they can go riding, and then obviously they uh, they overlook the just yeah. even the bike prep itself. Um, we Correct. we laugh all the time <laughs> that people are going to go wreck their bodies because they're going to get on the bike and go silly and uh, and do some damage to their bodies. <laughs> but uh, it's probably the bikes as well that need a little bit of prep before they uh, get taken out to to be enjoyed. Hundred percent, and um. Yeah, it's something that, like, we, we've been doing these race-ready camps with Ben Greenwood from 100% Strength. Yeah. is also known as Off-Road Performance Coach. And um, it's something that we, like, touch on quite a lot in those camps is just, like, your basic maintenance and, yeah, like, your prep and all that kind of stuff. Like, it's, like, quite crucial and, like, can save people a lot of money. No, Sorry. absolutely. I mean, there's always the after-race maintenance that people kind of get onto, you know, air filters and maybe change the oil, but it's all the pre-race yeah. stuff and then just the, the stuff they should look at between races while the yeah. bike is sitting. Just like a car, I mean, me- me- mechanically, these things just wear over time and they go, they can kind of seize and things like that. So, no, it makes total sense, mate. So, I guess, yeah. uh, but if people want this... Oh, another, another thing too is actually, sorry, the um, on this is touching back on the suspension side of things. 
make sure you bleed your forks. That's that's probably number one thing that you should do. <laughs> yeah. If a bike's been sitting around, because just with temperature change and like humidity and the forks can tend to build pressure. So you really need to equalize the forks by bleeding them on the day of the ride. Right. Okay. That makes yeah. sense. Yeah. So that's something else we see a lot of people go out riding with a fork full of air and <laughs> end up blowing a seal. The forks not perform as good as they should. Yeah. No. All right. There we yeah. go. So uh, bleed, your, bleed your forks. Well, yeah, that's a big one. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, mate, uh, people obviously can just contact you via social media, um, hopefully get their bikes sorted out when Victoria finally opens. But as I said, you take bikes from interstate. You've taken mine on the back of the truck many times. So uh, <laughs> I think um, yeah, yeah, people can just reach out to social media and you, you offer so many services in, and also those those pre-race services for Hattar and Fink like that. You've had a, yeah. a swag of riders come through your, your doors who are competing and, and motocross as well. So I think uh, it's definitely a, a great service you're providing. Yeah, yeah, no, it's been awesome. Like, it was definitely the the direction that I wanted to take when starting the business. That's, you know, was actually being involved with the sport and get to work with some badass dudes on a motorbike. So, <laughs> yeah, and, and, and guys, and and guys that are not so so badass, but yeah, and, uh, yeah, a lot of kind of mediocre guys and some real badass chicks as well. So that's, yeah, that's the best thing. Yeah, now we're lucky we get a. We get a good good range of people come through the door. So yeah, well, look, mate. It's, thanks for your time and your insight for uh, for bike maintenance. It's uh, it's been yeah. good. And as I said, people can hopefully reach out to you and grab you. But uh, I know we'll be yeah. working with you in the future. We've got a few little side projects hooking up. So for it'll, sure, it'll be good to uh, see what's going on in the future, and then uh, yeah. hopefully see you on a track somewhere. No, nah, for sure. I just thought I'd give a quick mention too. Like, obviously, I am the face of of Point, but got three other dudes that work for us. Yeah. So. Um, Adam, Ethan, and Nick, they have a big part in putting everything together. So, yeah, without them as well, like, obviously, we wouldn't we wouldn't be where we are today. So, just thought, yeah, we'll give them boys a mention. Oh, absolutely. Uh, good shout-out yeah. for a good team. That's, that's what you need. Yeah, yeah, no, we're lucky. Yeah. For sure. No, well, mate, look, Stel, thank you so much for your time, mate. Perfect. Thank you.